0: To be a yogi. I'm Edward Reeb, yoga teacher, crunch fitness in Hollywood, who aspires to be a yogi. Our guest tonight has been one of my most influential teachers for at least two years. I think as far back as January of 2014, I started going to her classes. And so, it is my honor and privilege to give you this interview with Hannah Skye Wenzel. Welcome to the To Be A Yogi podcast. Thank you. This is my teacher, Hannah. So, how did you get started?
1: Um, well, with yoga in general, I started um, started taking yoga classes, um, as a college student. And I was an acting major in upstate New York. Um, and it wasn't a consistent practice, but then after graduation, um, I had to move home and, you know, I wasn't, I didn't, you know, jump right into the workforce as an actor. So I was doing a lot of jobs that I didn't like. Mm -hmm. Um, and I realized I had to do something for myself. So I got a yoga membership again. I started going every day and then got to a point where I realized that, that hour or 75 minutes or 90 minutes was the best part of my day every day. So I inquired about a teacher training that they were um, promoting. And I didn't really expect to sign up. I just kind of wanted the information. And the teacher was really encouraging. I got signed up sort of right as I was moving to Los Angeles. So that was the first thing I did in Los Angeles. And Mm -hmm. then from there, getting started as a teacher was a little bit slow going, but I think it's that way for everybody because yeah. you know you teach a little bit, you get some experience, you gradually get bit bigger um, right. classes, and then you can get some more classes and so on and so forth. So, so that was slow going, but then eventually when Namaste opened up, that became my yoga home. And when they opened, I was one of the original teachers that was there first day. Nice. And... And then I really grew with Namaste, I think. Um, I think I owe a lot of my development as a teacher to that studio.
0: Yeah. Oh, well, certainly so do I. I um, I remember hearing you teaching in the morning in the next room when I was going through my teacher training in the back room.
1: Yeah. Bethany, yeah.
0: Nice. So we're uh, just so people know, we're talking about Namaste Highland Park in Highland Park, California, um, which is a district of Los Angeles right next to Eagle Rock, which is might be a little bit... More familiar sounding to some people, though Highland Park is starting to become more well known these past few years.
1: Yeah, it's getting, it's blowing up. It's popular.
0: Yeah. And so, this... were you trained at Yoga Works?
1: No, actually, I, I did my teacher training, my two hundred hour teacher training with Core Power Yoga. Oh,
0: Core Power. Oh, okay. I had I had gotten some wrong information at some point.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean they're they're both, um, I mean they're both chain studios. They have a lot of different locations. Right. And that's kind of how. So I was living in Colorado after I graduated, and they were talking about teacher training there. Mm -hmm. And I knew that I was moving to Los Angeles, and I said, "Well, I'm not going to be here. I'm going to be moving to Los Angeles." So that's kind of how I. That makes sense. Training at Core Powers, I was able to sign up at that studio and had some familiarity with it. Yeah. Um, And and, then just kind of
0: slide over to a different location of the same.
1: Yeah, and and I had some really great teachers there, but I really like teaching um, at smaller studios. Yeah. Um, that's to me, it's a nicer community because you actually get to know people's names a little bit better. And so I like, I like being at a smaller studio, but that's where I did my teacher training originally was at core power.
0: So I, I noticed that there's the, the core work that is considered optional. And now mm-hmm. it, is that um, do some people, do people ever opt out of that? I mean, I've heard rumors that some people think, oh, well, this isn't yoga, but I've never actually seen a class where anybody opts out of the core work.
1: Well, I like to give that option because sometimes there are reasons to skip it. Sometimes people have right,
0: that makes sense. All
1: things going on. Yeah. And, and I want people to know that it's, you know, some people think it's not yoga, um, that's they're welcome to that opinion. <laughs> the yeah, whole point of it isn't that it's like a fitness class, and yeah, they,
0: they're all variations class, but... of familiar poses. So, yeah, yeah. It, and yeah. The,
1: the point of it is that if your core is really engaged. I mean overall health is better. Yeah. If you have a strong core, you're going to naturally have better posture. And if your posture is naturally better, then the alignment is much easier to find in the poses and the transitions become more fluid and they become stronger. Yeah. So that's the point of it. So I want people to know that. And if they feel like, you know, on the day maybe they're tired or maybe they're, you know, working with an injury or they're a yeah, reason sense. to skip it, then they should definitely skip it yeah and they if they want to use that time to meditate because that seems more yogic to them they can do that i don't want people to feel like it's a boot camp so that's why <laughs> yeah. i say it's optional but that most of the sense. time people want to work their core and they yeah want to
0: wrong, yeah totally they do that's yeah. interesting yeah i, I um I remember they were talking about it being associated with the third chakra, um, manipura, and kind mm-hmm. of kind of the ego. And do you happen to know the name? I know there's mula banda and there's the two other bandas, but I can never remember their names.
1: Um, there's lots of bandas. The one you're probably talking about is udiana banda, the one sort right. of the front of the core.
0: Yeah. So when we say like bring the belly in and up, and kind of bring the the front of the yeah. rib cage down, like that's kind of what we're talking about.
1: Yeah, it's the it's the udiana banda and. Really, if you're doing core strengthening well and you're really focused on it, it's Mula Banda and it's Uddiyana Banda right.
0: both. Yeah.
1: Um,
0: yeah, you kind of need to build upon the other. And that, yeah, I've I've tried to find ways, you know, when you have a class of 30 people, especially at a gym, the last thing I need is somebody going in complaining that I was saying something weird. So explaining Mula Banda, you know, is a, a little bit like, okay um what's the you know what's the comfort level of everybody to get yeah. see how specific can i get here um but it, sometimes it, it, it we can kind of joke about yeah this used to be taboo you know like clench yeah. clench the pelvic floor oh no don't tell anyone you know like that's yeah
1: yeah so, i think i think just being upfront about that in a class being like i know it's weird to talk about it but yeah is you know engage your P muscles or it feels right. like you're doing a kegel. Like we're all adults here. You know what I'm talking about. Yeah. And explain to people that that's part of their anatomy and that it's an important part of their anatomy and it's going to make them stronger. Yeah. It's just kind of like owning it, I think.
0: Totally. Yeah. I was, I was lucky enough that I got the training kind of bef- way before puberty. So I didn't even have, I wasn't even like giggling with my friends. And you know, my dad explained that it was where, where you sit on the bicycle, those muscles, and you that's activate great. that.
1: Yeah, that's lucky. Most people, I mean, most people have, probably myself included, we've got muscles like that we don't even know that we have until one day you're able to engage it. And yeah,
0: or looking it, through a book.
1: Is. Yeah. Suddenly
0: it's like, oh, that's what that is. And then it makes sense. Like my psoas, I didn't know it was there for most of my life. And I'm like, oh, now that makes sense. That's how I'm able to do this.
1: And it makes a huge difference. yeah. Just the understanding, the awareness.
0: Yeah, so you know the, the points of alignment, but you also know why.
1: Yeah, and I, and that's, so that's, you know, just kind of bring it back. That's why I like to do the core strengthening thing is everybody knows that they have a core and you can tell somebody to engage their core. But if they just use those muscles for three minutes and those muscles are already kind of singing, and then you say engage your core, then that actually makes sense. It's like yeah. it's connected to your brain suddenly.
0: Right. That makes sense.
1: Yeah interesting
0: yeah so i'm trying to remember the other day i i brought it uh, you mentioned that you're not an expert in uh ayurveda i can hardly pronounce it i yeah. um i'm wanting one day to be an expert i'm i'm coming as a as a vegan so i know there's mm-hmm. they, an ayurveda expert would probably say oh well you should probably be eating meat
1: <laughs> but
0: happens, the, you know? so i'd have to find my own kind of niche within it or find a vegan ayurvedic specialist or something
1: yeah i mean uh, I don't I don't know everything about Ayurveda and maybe if I saw you know a true expert who was an authority on it, they could yeah more. I think it's there are probably people who will hear this and disagree emphatically, but I think it's a little bit incomplete just from what I know about it. like mm-hmm. as a as a lifestyle, it it's very intelligent in the way that it sort of defines different types of bodies and that it's not one method for everyone it, it's designed for the individual but at the same time there are only three doshas and everybody's kind of a different combination of those so I don't know if it has all the answers but right it is um it, it is nice to have it as a language yeah you can say like okay this heat is very pitta and it's summer so we need to do things that are cooling or vice versa it's just it gives us like a like a context I guess so yeah. I like that as a tool but I really don't Know everything there is to know about it. I'd be interested to hear what yeah. doctors have to say.
0: There's a guy in, uh, in India that, hopefully, if we can work the scheduling out, uh, we're planning to do like basically a weekly thing or a bi weekly thing on Ayurvedic medicine and cooking.
1: Yeah. So. I, I'm very interested in learning more about Ayurvedic cooking because I yeah. think that, that's probably something that I don't know could help me and everybody yeah.
0: yeah,
1: food is medicine.
0: Definitely. So pranayamic breathing. Um, I know that there's like the the ujjay breath that we kind of normally bring into the class. Do you do you go be, uh, beyond that in any other classes? Into any anything specific like counting eight in and four out or, or any other variation? I just... um, yeah,
1: I like to. I mean, I like switching up the breath when it's hot. It's nice. To... Yeah, that's. I true. don't. My Sanskrit. Gets a little rusty. So I'm, <laughs> but so the exhaling through the teeth. Breath of which,
0: fire. Oh, right, right.
1: Yeah, breath of kalabati breathing, which actually heats the body. And, you know, lion's breath, which can be cooling if you're exhaling, you know, tongue out, throat open. Right. Um, and I do like to do in longer classes when there's more time. Um, I'm a, I, I'm a big fan of the square breathing. So in one nostril, I'll hold it out the other nostril, I'll hold in the empty space. Yeah. To me, generally with a vinyasa class um, and, and probably any class, obviously the most important part is that people are breathing and linking their movement and their breath. Yeah. And And having time to slow it down and do some guided breath meditation it's kind of like the core strengthening once you're yeah. in that mode it's that much easier to find in the practice and the more you practice it the easier it is to breathe in real life
0: i like what you were saying about patience that it, and, and all it combined with the uh the that being with the transition rather than just needing to get to the next pose
1: yeah i think that's to me, why I really enjoy vinyasa yoga, I like the flow. That's my favorite kind of yoga to practice, and so yeah. what I'm teaching. And I think there's, for some people anyway, there's this idea that it goes too fast, that it's not as meditative. And then to me, it's just the opposite, because you're using the transition to deliberately move And place your body. So it's not just being in the pose, but it's how you gradually work yourself up into it. If you get your feet placed just right, then your feet are ready to balance on. And then it's that much easier to find your core and to find the alignment. And when you're set up, then you feel successful in the pose.
0: Yeah. Yeah, and once you know the pose, maybe the first or second or third, you know, when people are still learning the poses and they're kind of using that part of the brain and building new synaptic patterns, it might not feel meditative. But after knowing the poses, and especially once we do go through the same flow for the fourth time and it's kind of like, okay, I know what's coming next, then combined with kind of the way you speak that, you know, is – I, I don't. I don't want to use the word commanding, but it is. I mean, but you're supposed yes. to. You know, the you, you you are. You know, taking the role of neocortex for the, everyone in the room when oh. when when you know their 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 body immediately responds to what you're saying, but at the same time in a meditative way that's soft. I I some teachers I you know I'll I'll say you know the class was great except that the voice was jarring. You know, but mm-hmm. I think that's one of the things I really like about your classes is that you stay kind of with that like people naturally gravitate into into that vibration because you're maintaining it and that's one thing i really appreciate about your classes
1: i try and i know that there's work to be done always on this kind of thing yeah but it's so easy to slip into like a teacher voice yeah Um, and either it's like a boot camp and you're i don't know you sound like a personal trainer or you go the opposite way where it just becomes so whimsical and precious that it at least for me as a student when I'm in a class like that I get annoyed because I just don't believe it so I just try to talk like myself that's always my goal when I'm giving the cues is to yeah to be real
0: to be right there where you are with it yeah
1: it's hard to do because you know if you're teaching a lot and you kind of have a script and you want to create a certain atmosphere event like I feel like teachers can feel like performers sometimes I just i I try to speak in my real voice, I do my best,
0: yeah, but I mean you you mentioned about acting, I used to do theater acting, stage you know that kind of thing, and yeah, and to really act to is to be one hundred percent the character, and yeah. so so it's if if it's that kind of performance, then yes then then it is performance to to be yeah. Shiva the yoga teacher rather than yeah. you know, I guess that's true be... I
1: mean, that's always the goal of a of a true, really good actor is to be real, to be authentic. Yeah. That's always the goal. It's hard. Yeah. <laughs> it's hard when you're in front of people.
0: It can be, but yeah, you get used to it. Yeah. You you teach now four classes a week or five?
1: Um, in total, like all the classes I teach a week, I actually teach a bunch. I teach- Oh, wow. Currently I'm teaching 14 a week. Oh boy. Well, okay. Yeah.
0: I'll get there one day.
1: <laughs> <laughs> it's it's hard. It's um I think 14 I've I have taught more than that before, but it's it is hard and it it takes um it takes a lot of planning to like make sure that I get my practice in and that yeah. I'm not burnt out. Yeah but I enjoy it. Obviously I love this job and I think it's important and I feel so lucky to be doing it, but it, it is important to not, I don't know,
0: let it slip kind of
1: that's yeah. That's part of it. Not getting to the point where it's like a job and I'm just going off of a script. Yeah. Yet, um, well, and you, you mentioned
0: week. recently you, you were off for three weeks getting married, right?
1: Yeah. So almost three weeks, like, like two and a half. Yeah. But yeah, I got married, um, and I had to take a week off for that, obviously, because there's a lot going on. And mm-hmm. then we went up to Big Sur, which was amazing. It's like our favorite place, probably. Nice. As a as a pair, and that was magical and beautiful.
0: So you kept so you kept your last name.
1: I kept my last name, yeah, Wenzel. Um, on the Namaste schedule, it always says Hannah Sky, which is my middle name, and it's just oh. always been that way. But okay. my last name is Wenzel
0: nice do you happen to know because just because i'm always curious do you happen to know the origin of your name
1: uh my last name
0: yeah or all of them
1: um well I, my parents picked hannah because they liked it and i don't think they knew that it was about <laughs> to become such a popular name mm-hmm. um around people my age <laughs> but wenzel is german mm-hmm. i think i'm pretty sure it comes from wenceslaus like there's that Wences- good king wenceslaus song Good King last on the feast of so there, there used to be so many German princes. So I think it is, I am descended from some German princes with the name Wenzel, which is kind nice. of nice. Um, and as for the name Sky, that's just kind of a holdover from my parents being a little bit of, you know, on the hippie side
0: That's cool. That always helps.
1: Yeah. And I love my middle name. I always thought that it should have been my first name, but, um, I never, some people change their names. I I always thought maybe I'd change my name and go by sky like in college or something, but you know, Hannah was my name and it was getting married. It wasn't like I could just change my name and be comfortable with it. So I've taken ownership of it. Hannah Wenzel. Hannah
0: Scott. One thing I've been running into signing up with MindBody online and all that is they're always asking me about my brand and about my all this. So there's there's always an opportunity maybe later on once you're putting together your brand and something that's going to have a incorporated in front of it.
1: Yeah, that's true. That's what it's, that you can choose is like your, your business or your brand.
0: Yeah. Sky Yoga, maybe. Yeah been done.
1: <laughs> hey, that sounds nice. It sounds relaxing.
0: Ah, ah. Do you have any plans to go to India?
1: I, w- I would love to go everywhere and I definitely would love to go to India. And of course, if I was in India, I would want to um, explore some of the yogic roots there and yeah. try some classes, possibly do a training. Um, but, although I, I don't have any um, delusions about that. I know that the yoga that I teach and the yoga that I enjoy is, is very much Western yoga. Right. Um,
0: which is actually becoming popular in, um, uh, like Delhi and certain urban areas. Uh, in India.
1: Actually though, I've been reading a little bit about the history of mm-hmm. yoga. Of um, I picked up the book in the goddess pose, the audacious life of Indra Devi. Mm-hmm. And I think, I mean, I would recommend this book to anybody who's interested in yoga but especially yoga teachers, because, you know, we go to training and we learn the alignment and the Sanskrit words, but there's a lot of history that there's just not time to learn. Right. And it is really interesting that the evolution of yoga for a long time has been kind of a dialogue between Eastern and Western traditions and the, you know, deep, deep roots of yoga are pretty mysterious just because it's so old. A lot of that information, um, has been sort of thinned out, you know, once, once, you know, the British moved in and and colonized India, a lot of that information was lost. So as far as what we know about yoga in the past couple hundred years, it has been a lot of East West exchange. Hmm. So it's always been a little bit, a little bit influenced by the West.
0: Yeah. I thought it was wild when someone was explaining to me that um, Bikram Chowdhury's teacher was the little brother of, uh, the famous autobiography of a yogi, pra- yeah. Paramahansa Yogananda. Yeah, that's...
1: Yeah, that's so not...
0: Paramahansa Yogananda's brother
1: uh-huh.
0: stayed behind in India, and then his like disciple ended up being Bikram Chowdhury or something like that. I forget. Someone was explaining to me. I just had no idea that everything was so closely related.
1: It, well, it is because... So one of the things they talk about in this book, the um, not autobiography of a yogi, The Audacious Life of Indra Devi, is that... Mm-hmm. Uh, Hatha yoga, the physical practice of yoga, was kind of like the basest form of yoga in India. Right. And then, at some point, physical culture became a thing in the world, and it was like the first time when people actually had to exercise, so they were you know doing calisthenics yeah. and um, cardio exercises, and that idea kind of made its way over to India. So they wanted to find an Indian form of physical culture, and they picked up Hatha yoga again. Yeah. And it was just a few a few guys really sort of developing it and experimenting and they took military exercises and they took, um, like circus performer exercises and sort of wove it together. And, uh, it's his name. Krishnamacharya was this guy who is responsible for most of the yoga that we have in the West. And then he had four main students. One of them, was Indra Devi. She was the only woman, and she was actually a Russian woman who changed her name. And mm-hmm. all of his students ended up coming to the United States and bringing that here. So it's, I mean, it's a fairly close lineage, like yeah. that many branches. Wow. Um, and that's, you know, that's Ashtanga yoga and Iyengar yoga, and even Vinyasa yoga kind of shot off of that. So they're all they're all close. There's one teacher who developed all these different styles. So it's weird when people get possessive of yoga. And,
0: yeah. This one is style yoga. over here. There's like I teach Broga.
1: Broga. Yeah. <laughs> or you know, it's just people, people get defensive and they think they've found the only way, but yeah, a lot of it came from the same teacher and, and it's still being developed. I think a lot of, I don't know. Indra Devi studied with her teacher for a few months before she started teaching herself. Hmm. So, and then everybody learned from her that then became a teacher. And obviously there are people who know more about anatomy or less about anatomy and they're developing it and they're changing it too. So it's going to keep evolving. There's just no yeah. that.
0: But originally it was basically to prepare the body to be a good vessel for meditation, right?
1: Yeah. And I think that's still the point. And I think we live in a world now, especially in the Western world world, the, the physical side of it is kind of the door in. Yeah. Um, people find are able to find a moving meditation where they're focused on their body and their breath and their alignment and they're in the moment and they're not so worried about whatever they were stressing about before they came into the studio. Yeah. And they get to that place where then maybe meditation is possible or the act of moving of taking a break from the day gives them a little more perspective or who knows. Yeah. But it's the moving meditation.
0: And it's like a, a form of exercise where nobody's yelling at you or telling you yeah. to get the let out or something.
1: <laughs> yeah. <that's, laughs> like
0: some other forms of exercise.
1: And that's part of it. And I, that's, I've been saying that this week too, that there's no such thing as a finished practice or a perfect practice. It's not like, other styles of exercise where you're trying to get the best time or lift the most weights. There are peaks and valleys in the practice and the point is just to practice.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I I find for me the, uh, you know, ahimsa is kind of one of the main, you know, aside from living longer and not being so out of shape, um, being, you know, I have a natural, I, I, both my parents had short fuses and kind of I naturally do. So it takes a lot of effort for me to remain in the moment and remain with the breath and kind of watch out for my mood. You know what I mean? It's just so I don't find my, and driving is always a problem when you know, I'm getting cut off or when there's traffic. So, so yoga really helps with that sort of thing. So that that can be a gauge rather than have I lifted the most weights as did I scream at a stranger yeah. on the freeway today?
1: Yeah, I, I agree with that too, and that's my my mom always says that yoga softened me because I was a very severe child, um, very serious and judgmental, snappy, and that's still in me for sure.
0: Um, I saw an, uh, that first uh, profile picture it was very gothic with the pentagram.
1: Oh. <laughs> on facebook yeah that was actually i mean it was a theme party nice but <laughs> yeah so it was a, the theme was was a goth party
0: right on. Right that's on. a
1: that was a high school that wasn't photo. that wasn't the uh Locked, sacrificing Locked. babies I'm, phase i was never i was never <laughs> truly a goth i was never probably nice. had no idea what a pentagram even meant then
0: <laughs> right on
1: nothing wrong with pentagrams though no Cool. Well, thank you
0: so much for being a guest on the To Be a Yogi podcast. Um, I feel like I I should have more questions. I should have prepared something. I never do.
1: It's organic. I, it's good.
0: It, yeah. So it works right on. Yeah. Um, do you have any plans for uh, like a five year plan for yoga or anything you want to, you know, of course, I mean, sometimes it's good to keep those things yeah under the hat but I mean anything uh, we can look forward to
1: well I've been thinking about that actually lately about what the next step is because I love teaching but there does have to be a next step I don't want to stagnate so I am thinking about what comes next if I will be enrolling in another teacher training I would like to continue to develop retreats. We've done one successful retreat through Namaste and I'm interested in in continuing that and growing with that. And then for right now, and at least for the near future, I will be in Los Angeles and I'll continue to teach. Um, But eventually, one day, I have the intention of opening up my own studio space and uh, seeing how that goes. Maybe that will be in Los Angeles, but we'll see.
0: Well, I look forward to that, and and I look forward to your class on Sunday, and uh, thank you very much for taking the time to be on the podcast.
1: Yeah, thank you so much for having me, and I look forward to seeing you on Sunday, too.
0: Right on. All
1: right. Thank you. Absolutely. Have a good weekend.
0: You, too. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Thank you, Hannah, for being our guest on the To Be A Yogi podcast tonight. And if I don't see you Sunday, I will surely either see you Tuesday, Wednesday, or Thursday morning over at Namaste Highland Park on York Boulevard. Thank you to Brian Dahl for the music you're hearing right now. And that's B-R-Y-I-N-D-A-L-L. Thank you all for tuning in. To the north and to the south, to the east and to the west, to the spirits of light among us, and to the spirits below, we send out our reverent love and compassion. May all beings be happy. May all beings be serene. May all beings be in peace. Namaste. Good night.